Is it heckling already? Yeah. I haven't even started yet. <laughs> I've become very familiar with the halls of Princess Alexandra A&E. I could probably walk it blindfolded. But thank you. Appreciate your prayers for Nikki. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a quite a challenging week altogether. And uh, like Ben said, I, I've read the passage and uh, prepared something just to allow God to minister to me through some highs and lows this week. And hopefully what comes out this morning will be a blessing to you. And I pray that perspectives change this morning as we continue in Ecclesiastes. So we're going to read from Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 1 verses 12 through 18. And it says this. The vanity of wisdom. I the preacher have been king over Israel in Jerusalem. And I have applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun and behold... All is vanity and a striving after the wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that it is also but a striving after wind. For in much wisdom is vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. It's a great book, Ecclesiastes. I really enjoy it. I actually started reading it last year already. And uh, it was quite cool when we kind of chatting about how we're going to move forward and... uh, what the preach series would be for January. So I really pumped for Ecclesiastes, put my pitch in, and uh, it seemed to settle, which is great. So we're, we're going to have a good time in Ecclesiastes, and God is going to speak to us. But the heart of it, pretty much, is that nothing really matters. Everything under the sun is useless. It's painful, it's frustrating. And uh, Solomon in this part is talking about wisdom. And wisdom is knowledge, understanding, isn't it? It's experience. And uh, he kind of devotes his life to answering one question. What is the meaning? You can laugh if you see some funny slides. You can boo if there's slides that you don't like. I kind of put together some kind of PowerPoint presentation to also just to help because some people learn visually, other people learn audibly. So I'm trying to cover all the bases this morning. What is the meaning of life? What makes life valuable, purposeful, and meaningful? And Solomon's question is one of the most important questions any human can ask. There's three of them. The first one being, 
Where do I come from? The second one. What is the purpose of my life? For those of you who don't know, I am a Manchester United supporter. Through the good times and the bad. However, that is not the purpose of my life. For some people it is. You go stand on those terraces. They shout and scream for 11 players to take a round ball and put it in the back of a net. That is what consumes their life. But that is what it is for me. That's the reason I live and have my being. The third one. What happens after I die? We all know Morgan Freeman from Heaven Almighty and that, where he kind of he does play God a lot. But what happens after I die? Well, the first book of the Bible, Genesis, answers the first question. It tells us that we come from God. And we are uniquely made in his image and likeness with, with particular dignity, value, and worth. And the last book of the Bible, book of Revelation, answers the third question by telling us that we're going to return to God at the end of this life for an eternal sentencing to either heaven or hell. The scripture written up there is not that, but that is the end of the book of Revelation. And in between Genesis and Revelation is everything else. And boy, don't we need it. For those three score and ten years, plus minus, that we have on this earth, we need that rest of the book to know how to live. A godly lifestyle. And for him. And Ecclesiastes is in the middle middle question, isn't it? And as Lee said last week, Solomon is limiting his study to everything that is under heaven or under the sun on this earth. So we really need to draw from all of our five senses and experiences. And when we live our life, we hear words like tragedy, tragic. Things are meaningless. I can't do this. I can't do that. And for many people, these are not the things that we want to hear about life. Verse 14 says, I've seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and striving after wind. People are searching for the meaning of life apart from God. And it's about as good as chasing after the wind. 
And for, for many people, it's so difficult to accept that. But it might explain why we try to get organized, focused, and efficient, but we end up only getting disappointed, frustrated, and jaded. Ecclesiastes 15, uh, 1.15 says, What is crooked cannot be made straight. Does anybody know where that is? That's, that's, that's real, that. It's in Paris. And uh, we went there in the summer, and uh, Nikki said to me yesterday while we were sitting in the hospital, man, you know what? My brain still can't compute that picture. It's, it's basically on a big steep hill. But people go there just to take that photo. But what is crooked cannot be made straight. It's kind of Solomon's way of explaining that we and our world are cursed. Something's gone horribly wrong. And no matter how many organizations we start, elections we hold, Wars we fight, money we spend, protests we hold, medications we prescribe, criminals we lock up, tears we shed. The world is hopelessly crooked and cursed. Just a disclaimer, there is nothing wrong with any of that. Praise God for, for medication and things like that. I'm trying to explain a little bit about what Solomon's thinking. So the problem is that not only is everything on earth crooked and cursed, but so is everybody else. People are crooked, every one of us. Crooked people cannot straighten out a crooked world. And I know that it sounds fatal, but that's, you know, there's good news. And it's coming. I'm trying to paint a picture, and I really believe that God wants to move this morning. Ben mentioned, as he was uh, speaking earlier, and praying that God is slow to anger. And abounding in love. Uh, despite um, having a late night last night, I still woke up really early. And I woke up and I was just speaking to the Lord. And, and those words came into my mind. So for us here this morning, as Christians, we would believe that that would be some confirmation of what God wants to do this morning. I haven't communicated that with Ben at all. So I believe that God wants to re reveal and release this morning that he's slow to anger and rich and abounding in love. 
what can ha- what can happen and we've you know I've I've done it you look back at previous generations and and think man geez those guys got it wrong and that that we can do it we can make the difference but really everything of this world leads to despair and destruction Everybody has different plans, but nobody really has a successful plan to straighten out this crooked world. We need somebody who is not crooked to come and straighten everything out. In a crooked world under the sun, where is this person? There's nowhere. There's no one. Our only hope is for someone to come down from above the sun and bring with them a world that is not cursed. Forgive me for the religious picture in the charismatic church. But it's really, everybody knows who that is, right? That's the image of Jesus that we have, that the world tells us what Jesus is like. We see a kind of a silhouette of Jesus in Ecclesiastes. So we live in 2019. And you know, we've got more access to information than we've ever had before. There's Apple, there's Android, there's everything in that picture. The problem is that more that we know, the more we have the potential to grieve and fear. To the point where some people stop following current affairs and news altogether. It is quite literally an endless parade of brutal human suffering. I was chatting to Ian when we left the gym a couple of weeks ago and I said there's such a great word in the Bible passage that I'm going to speak on. And it's that. Vexation. We don't really hear it much these days, do we? Some people, I suppose they say I'm vexed. It basically means a state of being annoyed, frustrated, frustrated or worried. So it's quite easily, e- easy to be vexed today. The more knowledge we have only brings more grief. Is there any hope? In my preparation for this, I've read quite a lot of different um, Bible verses, not Bible verses, uh, translations of the Bible, and other, lots of people's uh, sort of take on, on Ecclesiastes. And there was one that spoke about a, a knitting loom. Uh, and man, I am no professional 
when it comes to anything to do with knitting or sewing. In fact, I think it's pretty cool to have holes in your jeans and in your shirts. And uh, yeah, uh, Evie would be the person to, to speak to about all things kind of sewing and knitting and stuff. But there, he was using that analogy of a, a knitting loom, but it was really difficult to try and find something visually with a knitting loom. So I moved over to my faithful thing. that we, We've got something on our wall that Nikki's mum did for us. When, well, it was for Jazzy when she was born. She did a, a, a cross-stitch of a Winnie the Pooh alphabet. It must have taken her longer than Jazzy to form in her mother's womb to get this thing done. <laughs> it is a masterpiece, a work of art. But if you, this isn't the one, this, this isn't, I, I, I daren't take it off the wall, take the back off and take a picture of it, <laughs> I'll get in big trouble. Uh, so I, found, I managed to find something online and I, and I really hope and I pray that this part of the sermon helps this morning. That is the, the back side of a, a cross stitch. I know it's not perfect. Um, but it really appears to be nothing more than uh, a hopeless mess of knots and threads and pretty much what I would describe as chaos. I don't know if you can make it out. I certainly couldn't when I looked at it. Anybody want to hazard a guess? Oh, gosh, you guys are so much more holy than me. (laughs) What? A flower? You can tell that's a flower. I'm impressed, guys. Anyway... That's the backside. It doesn't look particularly good, does it? In the words of Solomon, it's meaningless. That is the top side. Everything's different, isn't it? It's beautiful. It's purposefully designed. And the pattern emerges. What have we done? We've changed our perspective. We've changed our view on that cross stitch. And you can clearly see what it is and how beautiful it is. So life under, under the sun is basically life underneath the cross stitch. If any of my friends across the world hear this sermon online and hear me talking about cross stitch... I want to get ribbed. But it's all good because God really spoke to me through this. So, underneath the cross stitch, all we see is grief and sorrow. There's some good stuff that goes on. But in the big picture, everything is pretty meaningless. Therefore, we need to, we need to find a way to get above the cross stitch, to get a new perspective. To get a new world view. But we need somebody to come down. From above that cross stitch. To give us that greater view. And Jesus understood that. And he knew that that was part of his ministry. Uh, In Matthew 12, verse 42, it's 
the story of, uh, of Jesus and the Jewish scholars and the Pharisees where they're asking Jesus to perform a miraculous sign. And he, you know, he has a couple of, couple of choice words to say to them. He has a bit of a crack at them. But then he says, Even the Queen of Sheba will rise up on the day of judgment to accuse and condemn this generation for its unbelief. She journeyed from a far and distant land just to hear the wisdom of Solomon. This lady, she came from far to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. And it says this. You know there is one greater than Solomon speaking to you. And you still refuse to listen. There are people in this world There may even be people in this room. Who who know. About Jesus. And know what it means to be a Christian. There's people out there that hear this. And they still refuse to listen. The essence of wisdom is getting above the cross stitch to make sense of our life and world and see the master plan that God has for us. I want to say that there are times that God doesn't reveal glimpses above the cross stitch sometimes. But in those times, we exercise our faith to choose to trust in God. The God that loves us. That's a beautiful plan for us. A plan that won't harm us, but will prosper us. That will give us life. That we exercise faith that he sees the plan differently to we do. You know, this week, as I said, it's been a real week of ups and downs. Some really, really good highs. Some horrendous lows. You know, sitting in A&E and just... Yesterday was, was in, in many ways, quite horrific. Been out since 8 in the morning and, you know, it's boiling hot in A&E. There's no kind of... You can't cool down and... The tea and coffee's horrendous. Hadn't eaten and Nicky's in pain and there's just people everywhere around you in pain. And I'll tell you what, if it hadn't have been for this verse and this passage like, and this kind of understanding that God had just dropped into my heart through no real kind of heavy preparation, just a little word about the cross stitch. Man, I saw stuff from a different perspective. Norman, I want to be brutally honest with you. I absolutely hate hospitals with a passion. I cannot stand them. So very often I will drop Nikki. It sounds absolutely horrendous. Please don't judge me. I'm confident my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But I, I honestly can't handle it. And for me, I get so stressed out <coughs> about going into hospital and just sitting there. And normally I drop her off. But because of this, 
my perspective had changed on life. I thought, you know what? I need to do this. Man up here. Ben, Norris, man up. And I went and I stayed with her. And we had a, we had a great time. You know, I know she was in pain, but we were, we were just chatting about life and chatting about Jazzy, who's doing really well, sends her love all the way from South Africa. And, uh, you know, it was just a great time where perhaps in the busyness of a Saturday in life, we wouldn't have had that time. And uh, praise God, everything's clear with the blood tests and everything that they, they had done yesterday. So it wasn't perhaps what we thought it was. Um, and uh, she'll go and see the GP uh, next week. But, but yeah, my perspective over the last couple of days had changed. And that's God just transforming and, and tr- tr- transforming me from one degree of glory to another, isn't it? Walking out my faith in God. And that faith enables me to trust Him that one day I'm going to be on the flip side of that cross stitch with Him. When that faith becomes sight and we're going to worship Jesus and everything else will fall away. So we can have as much wisdom and stuff in this world. But if we are not following God, living for God, everything is meaningless. There is no point. We need to see things God's way. So, this morning, do you know where you come from? Do you know this morning what is the purpose of your life? And do you know what happens when you die? Some big questions. You know, you were created by God. He knew you. He was at work while you were in your mother's womb. He was at work molding and shaping you, creating you in his image. That you were called into this life to be on this earth in 2019. To live for him. He's calling you. This morning. He's saying to you. Change your perspective. Change your worldview. I want you to see things differently. Personally in your own life. I want you to see things differently. The way you approach things. Let me in. When you're walking down the street and you just have a little hunch from, from in your stomach, you just got this feeling, man, maybe I need to go and speak to that person. Do it. 
God's with you. He's calling you for something bigger than what you're living in right now. The Bible says that we have to be born again to enter the kingdom. And that basically means doing a 180 from your own life, the way you were living, separate and away from God, walking away from God. You do a 180 and you turn to Him. You ask Him to forgive you for your sins, everything you've done wrong, living your life apart from Him. Put your faith in Him and you start walking with Him. I'll tell you a funny story quickly. <laughs> While we were in the hospital, there was this guy, he had, his wife was in a wheelchair. And they had finally been released after about 75 hours. And um, he said, okay, right, we're going to do, do a 360 here and we're going to leave. <laughs> so he did. Nikki, as he left, she went, but he's just done a 180. <laughs> and I was reminded again, you know, that's what it is. Just sitting there in the hospital, reminded. That's it. When I gave my life to God, I did a 180. I didn't do a 360. It was a 180. I want to say to you, if you've reflected on your life, honestly, what things are you juggling that you need to just drop and let fall to the ground because they're meaningless? It's a challenge this morning. So, if you can't answer some of those questions, I'd be more than happy to chat with you. It's not that I've got it all sorted and all, everything's good and rosy in the Norris household. For Ben Norris, everything's good. It's not. But in the bigger picture, I know. I'm saved. I've been set free from many things. I was set free from that sex, drugs and rock and roll lifestyle. Minus the drugs. Okay, sex addictions and rock and roll. God set me free. And I know where I'm going. I haven't got the next 20, 30 years planned out, but God has got a plan. And I pray that he reveals that to me. As and when I need to know. And I am on a need to know basis. So what is the purpose of your life? Have you got stuff that you do that is absolutely meaningless? Doesn't bear any fruit because God's called you to bear fruit. We're to desire a gift of wisdom. But that's a wisdom above the cross stitch. That's a wisdom that comes from heaven. Let's just uh, close our eyes.
Lord Jesus, we, we thank you that you love us. Lord, that you, that you came down under the sun to show us the way. Lord, thank you that you, you gave us the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us that will lead us into truth and freedom. Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would move this morning. Lord, we believe in your word. Lord, but we also believe that you move through your Holy Spirit today. I'd encourage you just to just to begin to pray, speak to God. You know, even if you don't know God, you might have come in here, you, you just come to church, you don't know God. You, you know what? You can talk to God because God hears you. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord. I didn't know him. I said, God, you must reveal yourself to me. And he did. Because that's who God is. begin to speak prayer and things to God. Maybe there's some stuff that he's highlighting in your life that is absolutely meaningless this morning that he wants you to throw aside and, and deal with. I'm going to say I'm not talking about uh, specific sins this morning. That may be something that God's highlighting. You might come under conviction of the Holy Spirit. Deal with that as well. It could be anything. Anything can be meaningless if we're not doing it for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, just move this morning, we pray.